Hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. <laughs> the viewers won't know this, but for the past like 30 seconds, Emma's like, Craig, Craig, Craig. 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 Come on, Craig. Come on, join us. Yes. <laughs> he looks so scared. He does. Every time I see him, he gets more frightened of us. Can you describe his look? It's, it's so like, hard to describe expression. The embarrassed emoji on the iPhone. Oh. But, but it's like he doesn't know what to say. It looks like stage fright to me. Yeah, like he's a deer in headlights, but he's a bear? Question mark. He is yeah, a, that's bear. a bear. That's a bear. All right. Anyways, <laughs> he's our mascot for the Silver Hour Film Club. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Craig. This is technically yep. episode four. Woo. But this is our fifth recording. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to mention that we were kind of on a hiatus, but we kind of were. <laughs> we're back now. We're Yay. back. But we're going to be pumping these out weekly, hopefully. Yes. Knocking on wood right now. Oh. Yep. Okay. I heard that. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am one of the co-hosts. My name is JJ, and I'm not going to plug anything. <laughs> I'm joined by... <laughs> Yes, Hi, you're joined by. <laughs> I've, that was my my like. Okay, you know how like I stopped talking to like yeah. lead you guys in. You know, like, I know, I'm, but I'm I didn't know you were going to talk. That's so true. I, I'm Emma. I'm another co-host. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Parvati, another co-host, and we're not plugging ourselves because me and Emma don't care about followers like JJ does. <laughs> Wow, you're gonna throw me under the bus? Yes. Anyways, um, Joe Seven June on Letterbox. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't. Speaking of Letterbox, oh god, I didn't think of that segue before. It's <laughs> for you. Anyways, on Parvati's Letterbox profile, she has four favorite movies, and I believe one of them is our film for this week. Oh yes, it well, is. Well, we already did one of them, which was La, La Land, which was our first episode. And then this is um, our second one that's on my list, which is, drum roll, I don't know, um, Birdman, The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Yay. That's what I'm talking about. You're Birdman. Yeah. You are a god. Hey, is this for real or are you shooting a film? A film. You people are full of shit. So yeah, why do you recommend it? What what do you think made it a good episode, or what were some of the talking points you wanted to go over, as well as a little um, like introduction of the film? Sure. Okay. So the film was uh, made in 2014, directed by Alejandro Iñárritu, and um, I personally, it's in my top four because I was so mind blown when I first watched it. Uh, for like the format in which it was filmed originally and this was before 1917 came out so like I was just mind blown by like it being shot and edited to look like it was all done in one take and I just thought it was so clean and cool um, and also just the, the themes of the film itself too I love um, movies that talk about characters who are so engrossed in their craft or in their passions that they kind of go insane or they have um like pieces of themselves that they're trying to let go of or they're trying to be released from. And I just think themes like those really just like capture me because I think they're some of the most important things to talk about in people and yeah. No, but there's definitely a lot of like meat to this movie. And mm -hmm. I think definitely the one shot thing is what gave it the most like publicity when it first came out. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it the one shot definitely holds up. It's really smooth, and it's really one of the more impressive takeaways from the film. Um, Emma, did you have any like opening thoughts about Birdman? Well, okay, I've figured out this time around that I personally, I do, I like the movie a lot, but I interestingly found that I've enjoyed thinking about the movie after it more than I have enjoyed watching it, Mm. which is so weird. And it doesn't, it kind of makes sense, but part of it doesn't. But I, I just, and I love like watching the movie, of course, like it's, you know, but I think I find most of the enjoyment of the film of is thinking about it afterwards. I really have, it's one of those movies that just sits with you for a while and then it crawls back into your brain and you think about certain moments or certain themes. And I like, I think I like the reflect, reflecting period afterwards more. <laughs> I think I, I think that's a positive. I'm, I think I realized it is this time around it's not like it, a bad thing about the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think I realized this time watching it, um, it was my third time watching it, and I honestly realized that I liked thinking about it more than I actually liked watching it, but I also enjoy watching yeah. it a lot. No, it, I just think it's one of those films where you get more out of it once the movie is over because there's so much going on and there's so many kind of general themes in the story that once all of it is over and you can sit with it for a couple of days, it really is more enjoyable. And it's, I think you understand it more when you, versus watching it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you guys are like, oh, but watching it isn't, I think there's watching it's no, just but it as is, enjoyable. Yeah, I though. love watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, watching it. Like, I think I just, I, oh, I really yeah. like the, <laughs> I don't know. I just like thinking about how all of it comes together in the end. And you just think about how all of it really like, like just reflects the whole themes and everything about it. I love thinking about it afterwards, but it's because you have to watch it all the way through too. Well, yes. (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. I wanted to talk about the acting first, but I feel like that's one of the biggest takeaways from the movie is the performances. One of the best acted movies of like the decade, I would say. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Very true. There's so almost all of the characters and like the actors in it do such an incredible job. They're just so good. And I feel like all of the characters just are so like well written and well acted. And it's just, it's really, it's rare, I think, to watch a movie where I feel like everyone's on the same level. I would say, like, perfectly casted, too. Just yes. Michael Keaton being, like, an ex-superhero, so of course, is so meta. Yeah. But also, like, Ed Norton being the method actor. I when he is a method actor. Yes. 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 Norton so much. <laughs> I forgot he was in this. And then he showed up, and I was like, Edward Norton? Oh, my God. <laughs> His scene introduction is so good, because he's doing the scene for the play. But then mm-hmm. he, like, stops, and he has, like, that look, like, what did you yes. think of that? And that's, like, oh, that's what puts that it yeah. together. I love awesome. him. It's Not funny his character, too. but him. <laughs> but it's funny his character too. is the pretentious actor. Yeah, but I Which I feel like that's Ed Norton in real life. <laughs> no, I think he's a little bit nicer in real life. <laughs> I, I hope so. I have hope for him. But yeah. were you were saying something, Parvati? Yeah, oh yeah, like, um, I was looking up like fun facts about this movie too, and it's uh, funny because like all of the main characters in this movie are actually like uh, people who were in comic book movies too. 
So like uh, Michael Keaton was Batman and then Ed Norton played Bruce Banner in The Unspeakable. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then um, Emma Stone was in the middle of playing Gwen Stacy in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. Like she was in between mm -hmm. uh, filming Amazing Spider-Man 2, yeah. Um, when shooting Birdman. Yeah, Spider-Man shows up in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it said, it said like Naomi Watts played Jet Girl in Tank Girl, which I have never heard of. I've never heard of that either, Tank Girl. Yeah, apparently. But, it sounds like I mean, a video game. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I just found it interesting where like in their universe, it, it seems like the Marvel universe exists because they talk about Avengers and yeah. Jeremy Renner, yeah. but it feels like DC universe is different and like Batman is Birdman type of thing. And that's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't really think about oh, that. Oh my, okay. I just searched up Tank Girl at this poster. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> this poster before. Oh, you have? I want to look Yeah, this up. movie. Oh my gosh. If you were listening, is look she it up the lead? <laughs> she's no, she's definitely. Jet girl. She's oh, she's wow. not tank girl. She's jet girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I have not seen this, but I love I it. This either. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna stuff this in my pocket for a future episode. That's yeah. actually quite a nice poster. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. Also, are you, are you looking the one with tank? Oh, go ahead. This one's. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> it's one with like tank girl under tank, but it's all colorful. <laughs> <and separated. laughs> yep. Mm. Yeah, um, I was saying going back to the acting and things. I think um, a main reason why I really enjoyed the acting too it was that it all felt so natural, and also because they were all in super long takes, they don't feel choppy at all. So I feel like they all really had to embody their characters themselves instead of it just being like I don't know in between. Kind of thing and also all of it just felt so natural and like fitting for all of them as well which i really love mm -hmm. i think I the one shot that. the the one shot aspect makes it makes the acting more difficult in a way because like yes. the natural rhythm but from editing yeah. is taken out so it really has to play out through like just being part of their environments sort of like a play which is why i think the one shot that, yes mm -hmm. yeah i know mm -hmm. i think it, it really does because uh when you see like them doing the theater performances it just like reminds that and whenever you like watch interviews of actors in like one shot type of films they always mention how oh yeah you're doing these long scenes and it feels like you're in a play rather than a movie and I feel like that's funny because there is a play in it and it just fits I think more yeah I, like I feel like it must have been helpful too because when they were shooting it I believe they shot it in uh like chronological order of the actual film as well because of the way that it was yeah. shot so oh, that, that was probably it was probably like easier to stay um in whatever character they needed to be in but yeah, yeah. But that was really cool yeah that is really cool yeah yeah it's definitely uh, really well acted I, overall it's so good mm -hmm. <laughs> That's, mm -hmm. we can talk about our favorite performance later but i just want to talk about more about the one shot aspect of it yes um Ritu said like the idea came to him because he wanted it to feel like you couldn't escape his life like you're stuck yeah. here because like he saw editing as like a way to like escape like the um danger of the moment in a way so like when we just stick on a person for so long it the tension really helps but then I can segue this uh, point into like the music I think the music helps so much because I feel like without the music it the one shot wouldn't work as well because the music I think gives a natural sense of rhythm to each scene and um that would have been absent otherwise without editing 
Yeah. I definitely agree. You know, and also, I, I love the style of the score, too, just because the majority of it is um, in drums. And then when it switches to him kind of being in his dream state with his, like, Birdman or whatever, it changes to, like, the more traditional scores. So I think I just really love the style of it itself, too. Mm -hmm. It definitely is very different from the standard film, basically. And I think that it's cool that not only the one shot aspect of it was very different but also like the score and i feel like overall like the rhythm of the film was very different to your standard hollywood type of movie and i like how it's not just in that one aspect that it's all around it's very different mm -hmm. i think that's really cool mm -hmm. i was waiting for parvati to bring up that we saw antonio sanchez live yeah i was going to <laughs> the musical <laughs> score can't really no, but one of the more yeah one of the more interesting um like tidbits i got from like that is when he talked about how they would score the film he would have like um inuritu close his eyes and like go through the scene and explain what's going on and he would play according to the descriptions mm -hmm. so i think that helped like the music really like match the tone of the theme uh, tone of the film and like him like turning a corridor exactly with the music and it and the music pairing up so well with the visuals it's like, really cool. oh for the people who are listening who don't know um, we, um, Antonio Sanchez came and played the live score while we watched the film Birdman, um, when we were at school last year and it was super cool. And he was talking about the process of actually making the score and things, Man, but yeah, so I thought cool. it, I just thought it was super cool. And I also think that like, it almost takes things to a different level creatively too, because you're forced to see things in a way that's not, or listen to things, I guess, in a way that's not normally listened to too. I just thought it was really dope. And yeah, also um, about the shooting and things too in the uh, trying to make it seem like it's one take too. It was shot and rehearsed within two months and the editing because of the way it was shot too and because of how well it was planned, it was only, um, it only took two weeks for the editing as well, which is like insane to me. Yeah. Wow. I feel like most of the editing just went with like visual effects. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. I feel like there would have been more rehearsing. I know, that's crazy. You would think so too, that's really impressive. I know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but also if you think about it, there was so there was only 16 cuts in the whole movie. So if you had all 16 mm -hmm. like pieces already, you could basically put it together in a day, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but then you would like have to look through all your yeah, all your yeah, takes, yeah, yeah. which ones mm -hmm. flow with the best whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then adding like the soundtrack and stuff, but that's yeah, still exactly. that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, and it was also Is that really story. all it took. That's crazy. Yeah, I know that's insane. good for them. <laughs> I think if you just plan, like that's it, just shows that if you plan things like well enough, you can really do it in that little yeah. amount of time. Yeah, Very and true. it was also the first um, best picture winner to be shot entirely digitally. Oh wow! So like everything that makes sense because they they would run out of film if they were tr if they would have. To, yeah, like, yeah, follow. that makes sense. But also yeah, exactly. at the same time, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Because everything else before it that had won Best Picture was either partially or entirely on film, but this was mm. entirely digital, which is pretty cool. Mm. Makes mm. sense. Do you know if um, the cinematographer Lubezki did he was he also the operator? So was it him just him I, following around actors, or did they have? You don't. I know. have no idea actually. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I just, I just like, I just want to know exactly what he did. Because mm -hmm. I've I've seen pictures of Roger Deakins on set of 1917 actually holding oh, yeah. the camera, and I don't know yeah. if he actually like 
operated for some. I know he also had operators, obviously. He had operators. Yes, I know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the ending because I have my interpretation of it. Yes, um, I, I just wanted to get into the themes. So what, like, what themes did you guys want to talk about? Like, what was the aspects of the film that you found the most interesting? Um, I mean, personally, so uh, I think there's the main theme of like ego uh, when you're in the industry that we're in, when you're in show business in general. Um, that's like a main thing. And for me, that was um, the main thing I kind of paid attention to this time around because I was also looking at, um, I guess I'll just go into my spiel and then you can talk about yours. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Okay. Go for it. So um, mine was basically, yeah. So it was basically about like how ego follows um, Riggin the entire time, like throughout the entire movie. And um, the thing is you start off the film with him um, kind of like, I think I just like all the elements of him kind of being, being like Birdman, like just randomly like moving things and being able to like float in the air and things. Um, and those parts being like, a, an imaginative part of his ego that still lies with him. Um, and the personification itself of his ego being the Birdman. And um, I was watching it with my sister and she didn't really understand it after we watched it. But when I was explaining it to her, I realized that um, one reason why I really like the film too is because you it's established in the beginning of the film that he's been um, like battling with himself, trying to re... Um, trying to like regain his confidence in like himself as a as an actor and things but since Birdman he hasn't been able to find that and now this play is supposed to be the thing that saves him but then um all this other stuff happens which makes him like doubt himself again until the very end um and so it's funny because the way like the battle you see um on screen of him having this big play that's supposed to be about him and wanting like the the reporters to be writing about him but then ed morton's character steals a spotlight it's kind of like um a metaphor connecting like how uh robert Downey jr was the new like su big superhero guy after like um riggin was supposedly like marked his path in the superhero industry as well too and so i was just saying like the entire span of what we see in his battle of like trying to get this play out kind of signifies his overall struggle since he stopped being Birdman kind of. So it's like other people taking fame for something that he already did. Um, and basically like him trying to figure himself throughout, uh, out through all of that. And so like, for me, the ending was him finally letting go or finally being able to free himself from it because he has redeemed himself to himself. And so he's able to say goodbye to the Birdman and just become who he wants to be because he's fulfilled himself in that way. Yeah. And then also it like, it relates to at the beginning, the quote that's shown on, I can't remember whose grave, but it's shown on someone's grave, but uh, saying like, Oh, have you found like fulfillment on earth or something? And it's like, yeah, through like, like love or something, finding love in, on mm -hmm. one's earth. And I feel like that's also, that is what you were saying. It's just it, which it relates to that quote at the beginning, which is cool. It comes full circle. He's finally found that fulfillment. He's finally been like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, mm -hmm. I have a more um, negative interpretation. I love of the, it. Yes. Of, the, of the 
ending, like the epilogue. I'm excited for my what my interpretation. Well, no, yeah, I'll say something afterwards because it reminds me of something. And anyway, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so I was realizing this time around that the film is structured in a very similar way to 2001: Space Odyssey, <laughs> and this is not in a this is not a spoiler, like at all. Like it's just at three points during the movie of Birdman, there's like a suicide, right? So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that is a kind of like three act kind of thing. But in- Wait, uh, what, are we, like, what are the three suicides? I Obviously there's the one at the end. Yeah, and then the one- The one where he jumps the, off the building? That's one, yeah. And then the first one is the first one on stage. Oh, oh, I see. The like yeah, yeah. fake- the fake one for the play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go oh, ahead. yeah. So those like form, I would say, the movie. And that's when I feel like each there's different. X starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in 2001, the um, <laughs> the three. I can't. Never mind. You've already dug a hole. So the three. Uh, it's split whenever the monoglyph, the black. Box. No, okay, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, the movie is split into three parts, and at each part, it's split by uh, showing the monoglyph. The appearance and of the monoglyph. Yes. And obviously, there's one at the end of the movie, and people strive for what does it mean? What is the monoglyph? Does it symbolize this? Does it symbolize that? Is it literally something, you know? And I feel like it's very similar to the ending of Birdman because people try to like figure out what's their specific meaning for like him jumping out the window or is he flying is he dead is he like that and i found that was super interesting because you can find so many answers for that and it can be personalized to whatever you think and i love that and it just made me think of 2001 and I like that a lot because I love 2001. <laughs> yeah, when you mentioned 2001, I thought of like, you know, the final room with the, yes! the bed. Yeah. And I'm like, that's it's like so Birdman similar. in oh a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so cool. That was the first like connection I thought of when you're like, yeah. it reminded me of 2001. I'm like, what in 2001 reminded you of <laughs> Birdman? Well, it's because like, uh, I've watched 2001 with people where they thought that the monoglyph was God. And then mm-hmm. I've watched it with people where they're like, no, it just symbolized technology advancing humanity. But then I've watched it with people who have just been like, I think the monoglyph is uh, sent there by aliens. And like yes. I, all of it is valid, though, because there's no answer. It's honestly mm-hmm. what you think it is. And I feel like different. I think that Birdman, there is some options where you're like, OK, well, that doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> but. Because I think the monoglyph is a little bit more ambiguous than uh, Birdman, but I think that that's really cool. I love that. I love hearing different inter- interpretations from people. Uh, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, but to Parvati's point about um, Regan, Regan, what's I don't, Regan. what's his first name in the movie? Regan. It's Regan Thompson. Regan. Regan yeah. Thompson. Okay. Riggin. So yeah, there's definitely Riggin's um like whole battle, and that's what makes up the bulk of the film. But I felt like it's him trying to break away from the Birdman persona, and he's trying mm-hmm. to be a more established actor. 
Yes. Because, like, I think the opportunity to become Birdman is still there for him. Like, when the reporter's like, oh, you're doing Birdman 4, and, like, everyone just still recognizes him as Birdman, and Birdman's, like, the thing that haunts him, and it's what he's trying to break away from. So whenever, like, Birdman's there to, like, confront him, like, yo, we can we can get back into it. He always just wants to break away. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my interpretation of the movie revolves more around, like, just, like, what is, like, what is art? Because his conflict with the critic in a way like summarizes that whole thing it's like can these movie stars actually do like meaningful kind of art whatever that even is but um in terms of the ending i have a more negative interpretation i feel like he died when he shot himself on stage even though it does look like he shot himself that's my interpretation (laughs) hell yeah let's go (laughs) yeah it's one of those like taxi driver like endings yeah yeah where it's very true they wake up after this event and it's like what happened Mm -hmm. But I feel like he died there. Yeah. <laughs> and the hospital scene is like a fantasy because that's a point in the movie where he can finally fly. And I saw flying as like a, sim- a, like a literal symbol of him being above everyone. And he mm-hmm. has this really like mindset of being just above everything. And he wanted to reach like the ultimate version of that by being above just the normal like box office watching people and like the high class theater crowd. And at the end, when he finally flies in front of his daughter, that's like when he's above it all. And he's like supplanted that mountain. And it's your interpretation if he actually achieved that. But, you know, I don't, I don't think, I think he like got shot. <laughs> there also, yeah, the I crowd. think that he did die also. That's kind of what I assumed. But I'm open to other interpretations too, because I like hearing all of them. I like thinking about that. But I feel like when he is in the hospital, it's so it's way it's kind of dreamlike but i also felt that that was the way after each type of suicide in it basically in a way uh because in the first one uh then he was getting he got sent a bunch of like roses people liked his show or something and then in the second one he was flying you know it was very dreamlike and then the third one was in the hospital so i think that was very interesting but i also feel like that was his moment where he was kind of just picturing like that moment right before death when you're reflecting and stuff. And it was kind of one of those dreamlike moments where he pictured, Oh, you know, I have my daughter. She loves me. We're together. It's great. Oh, I'm famous. You know, it's great. (laughs) And then that's finally the moment where he can break free from like his troubles in a way. But yeah. I like that. Yeah, I've, read, actually. I've read some interpretations where, like, that is like a real thing, and yeah. he actually just died when he jumped out the window, and his daughter mm. is still like crazy. Oh. I don't, like, I don't. Ouch. It's because <laughs> like she, you hear her laughing once it cuts to black. It, yeah. So there's like a like a manic type of um. But also, she I don't like that. I think something. that switches. I think that switches the focus to her then instead of it being it like, and that that's kind of random. I feel like. Yeah, 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 I feel some, like that's too out of left field. That's one of the things that I've heard where I'm like, okay, well, you can kind of disprove that because there are certain interpretations that I've heard where I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense because of this or this. I mean, I feel like it makes sense in terms of like interpretation, but I don't yeah. think as a storyteller, like as filmmakers, they would have the story. Like, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, did you guys have anything else you wanted to discuss in terms of like theme and whatnot or other interpretations of the movie that you had? Because we did talk about like the subplots, like with Ed Norton's character and Emma Stone's character, obviously. <laughs> who, like I, I love their performances. I and like their two, their two arcs kind of like solve each other in a way they with do. their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting. Because mm-hmm. like, um, I'm, I'm just impressed that a movie like in one shot still managed to tell like other stories very true. like you see you think you'd be restricted to the one shot guy you're following mm-hmm. but they really like weave around the entire like theater department yeah um and go Just through like, everyone's struggles mm-hmm. the flow of everything is so good it, with like the camera movements their conversations the way like everything it just flows so well and i love that scene well all the scenes actually between emma stone and ed norton like on the roof and stuff like so good such a good dialogue i love it and it's just interesting i think i also just love um like a one shot kind of film that gives like it still gives you a balance of having all these other um takes on it too because i think like jj said like you expect to just be following the story of like one person but then you get so many breaks in between with like the subplots of everyone else in the film like everyone else trying to work on this um on the play and stuff too and just like focus on the city almost too and just like his environment and things too, like the environment and kind of like the pressure of the environment he's into. I think it just does a, an overall like amazing job of giving you everything. Yeah, it's also interesting because it kind of like counteracts the theme of like arrogance and like the big ego because, you know, in his mind, he's like the main character and he's the most important one going on in the story but actually mm-hmm. what's interwoven into the plot is the stories of the other characters as well and though you could argue well they're there to push forward his story or to you know be there <laughs> as well, well but see, I, I, point, actually i don't know about that because like ed norton's arc i think has nothing to do with um... i also agree i will actually no, because uh his character is what um Reagan, Reagan. Sorry, Reagan. I'm so yeah, sorry. It's like, is it Reagan I, it's or such Reagan? A weird name. Reagan. I keep thinking <laughs> Reagan Ronald Thompson. Reagan. Yeah, Reg, Reg, Reagan Thompson. <laughs> but it's what his character wants. He wants to be like known by other people. He wants to be noticed. He wants to be like just effortless, effortlessly the person that everyone talks about. But who are you talking? And, Reagan. Yeah, yeah, Reagan wants okay, yes, to be yes, yes. what uh, isn't his name Mike. Mike, yeah, it's Mike. Yeah, he wants to have what Mike has. He wants to, like, be talked about, but he's not. So not mainly what personality, but just he wants to be talked about. He wants his name in the paper. He wants to be on the front page. No. I felt like Mike... Um, it's just weird calling him Mike. (laughs) No, I love the name. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he... His thing is like he was all about the art. Like he didn't really care about yes. being popular. Yes. I feel like it just naturally happens because he's such like a dedicated actor in a mm-hmm. way. And that's it, what's interesting about his character is such a contrast to Riggin's character. Like, it's so different. And because what all that Riggin sees is the popularity and being famous and regaining like the famosity again, but towards something he actually wants which also he doesn't really want but you know <laughs> he sees how, I, I don't know how to phrase what I'm trying to say <laughs> but yeah, but yeah I, I see where you're coming from 
Yep. All right, so I I guess that's it for theme then. I guess we could just well, talk about. I mean, also like the theme of, uh, being known for something and trying to break away from that. I mean, it's just like, have you guys seen BoJack Horseman? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, I love BoJack. It's literally BoJack Horseman, but in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Actually, which, which is really cool, and it deals with a lot of the same things, like mm-hmm. the same. Well, obviously, the overarching theme of I want to break away from what I'm known for, but I want to do it in this way, and it just doesn't yeah. work out. But I recommend. Yeah. I know what you're talking about when you talk about BoJack, though. I haven't seen yeah. the show, but yeah. I know he, he's like he was really famous good. in like a TV show, right? And he yeah, '90s yeah. sitcom. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's and really now he's cool. like a washed up actor. Yeah, and he wants to. Well, also, it kind of really subverted man in the way that he wants to not only like find become famous again, but also he wants to regain relationships that he's lost along the way, and mm-hmm. basically kind of find himself too, which I think is something going on in Birdman as well. Yeah, I agree with that. There's yeah, a lot I, of comparisons. Like... Oh yeah, <laughs> actually, now that it... I think about it, there's a lot. Yeah. I've yeah, I've heard a lot of people just talk about the similarities. I've watched like videos on it, which is so fun, but mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of them because that was a while ago. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I like I like the idea a lot of like someone trying to change the image that people have already been seeing them for for a really long time, um, mm-hmm. and like just trying to see if it's actually possible or not. Yeah, yeah. I also think like part of me kind of hates it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hates that theme because I'm like oh boohoo wow you were famous and now you're not famous for that wow I feel, no, but I feel so like you can sorry. apply to anything but, though exactly no be, I, yeah. I agree with that yeah but but then also part of me is like well to be only seen as like a character in mm-hmm. something and to never be seen as like I mean not just as famous but just as like a person they come up to him mm-hmm. and they just see Birdman they don't see who he is and who he wants other people to see him as yeah which i think is really interesting and Mm -hmm. it makes me sad for stars because that is a thing where it is a thing that is real yeah like i mean yeah people just see them as their most popular character exactly but there are some who break away from it i'm thinking of like daniel radcliffe like he's he's the perfect harry potter forever and it's really sad the guy from swiss army man Okay, I, the yeah, that's, what I, that's the only other thing I know him as now, though. No, but, like, and he tried so hard, and he still tries, but, yeah, like, he will he will never not be seen as, as Harry Potter. Potter yeah. Everyone sees him was, as that, and that's really sad, funny. but also, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's funny, because he was also a Now You See Me as, like, the guy that doesn't know how to do, like, magic or whatever, but he yeah. was, like... A wizard. Like, yeah, that's his fault for being in a magic. Movie. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he kind of he which is to know what was coming with that one. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe started doing plays, uh, mm. af- recently because which is kind of funny and ironic because haha, <laughs> Birdman, whoa, and it kind of really just proves that that is like it is what's going on with him, and I think yeah. that's sad. But then also part of me is like, well, I mean. Is it bad that people see him as Harry Potter? And then the other part of me is like, well, yeah, if you only see him as, oh, look, it's Harry Potter. And then not, oh, look, it's Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> you Do you guys know, I don't think know. that that's like a thing someone can actually successfully escape from? Yes, very much so. You think so? I I feel like um, 
Let me think. I'm trying, like, I, I would like to say so, but I'm trying to think of like an actor that. I know. Like, I'm trying to think too. And also in relation to. The, a, we, okay. I have an example. <laughs> I have a person. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say like, as an extension, do you think Regan does a good job? Do you think he succeeds in breaking away from it too? Yeah. In his fantasy, he does. But yeah, in the real world where he dies, I don't think he does. I don't, I don't think so either. I know. But um, I would say, and this might not be the best example, but I know that for a while it was a good, it is a good, but like Christian Bale for a while was just known as Batman, another mm. Batman. Like, I don't know you if know? he was just known but as Batman. He was, though, he, he was for a while though. He was, because people would, and I know he's like done really like, no, but he's done things before, before that. Like he was in yeah, Little but... Women, of course. <laughs> the classic. He was American yeah. Psycho. Patrick yeah. Bateman, such an Yeah, I knew him as American Psycho, actually. Yeah, wait, actually, that's a good example then, because well, okay, maybe he's oh, he not the best from example. That to Batman, he was able to escape <laughs> with the superhero role. No, well, actually, yeah. Wow, <laughs> that happens with um. I remember. I was watching a documentary on Halloween. This is a really weird example, but Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, her mom told her, because her mom was the um, the main character in, well, not the main character, oh my God, no. Uh, she was in Psycho. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, after Psycho, only did horror films. And she told Jamie Lee Curtis, like, from a very young age, like, once she finished Halloween, she's like, don't just stick with this break away from this because if you don't you're going to be stuck with horrors for the rest of your life mm. and Jamie Lee Curtis listened and now I mean yeah she is known for Halloween but she's also been in multiple different types of genres of film yeah. but it's kind of like that it doesn't no, but this have is to like the age-old issue for actors right like it not is. falling into a set like role and trying to break free from it and some actors do a really good job. I would say Christian Bale's a good example. <laughs> no, yeah, Christian every Bale's single such a role. Actor. Yeah, every, every single role he is known for mm-hmm. and he just breaks away from everything. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Not to I bring everything that's... back to Tarantino, but this is literally <laughs> Rick Dalton's issue in Once Upon a Time. True. Yeah. Like to not be cast as the villain and everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, but wow, that's like. That. But if you look back at like old actors, like this is the problems they had. To yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty I, sure I even feel like now it's still a problem. <laughs> Cary Grant, bro. Yeah, Cary Grant probably no. was like you're the lead in a romantic uh, comedy again. Like, <laughs> with the woman yeah. who is. I mean, it's kind of like. You. It's yeah. kind of like Adam Sandler. <laughs> like everyone. It is kind of like Adam Sandler. Everyone sees mm. Adam Sandler as the actor in a comedy. They yeah. never but see you, him as. You associate him with a genre, yeah. Like in, yeah, you don't associate him with like drama. Even I think after Uncut Gems, I feel you would still see Adam Sandler as like a comedy for, actor. Yeah, because yeah, he's done it for so long, and it just took him this long to break away from it. Not that I think he wanted, but to. He I don't know what he wanted roles, to do. Though, yeah. But then was he just lesser known for them though? Do you think if he got like more recognition for Uncut Gems that he would have done a better job of breaking away? No, from No, I don't think he's trying to no. break away from his image at all. I don't think he's. I don't to think so either. Yeah, with... exactly. I yeah. I think I just think it's a good example for when you think of Adam Sandler, you don't think drama, you think comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, same. Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah, like Uncut Gems was him doing it because he liked the script and he liked the Safdie yes. brothers and yeah. also. It was op- another opportunity for him to show that he can be a serious actor, but not necessarily that he like wants that to be his brand or anything. Yeah. 
But yeah, all right. Let's let's talk about our favorite part in the movie. I, like, I want to call this like our our YouTube scene. Like, what scene would be like? Go back and just watch on YouTube without having to watch <laughs> the entire movie. Ooh. Um, I have a couple. Like, I'll just throw some out there. Good, because um, I have to think about this. Yeah, I have to think. <laughs> the most popular one would be the underwear scene where he gets his robe stuck oh. in the door and he has to walk <laughs> all the way around to the front of the theater. Man, that's Michael such Keaton a long actually run. actually did. In, yeah, like, in Times Square. I feel like is amazing. Times Square. Part yeah, of the, when they, you're saying the idea of like the one shot was like, oh, did you say this, JJ, where you can't escape like his... Yeah. You can't cut away from it. Yeah, like you have you to stick on him. The and whole you're time. stuck there mm-hmm. and you're so like, oh God, it's stressful for you. You yeah. have so much anxiety, but it's also uncomfortable and you're just like sitting there. I think that's one of the best examples of that feeling while you're watching it. Because you're like, I can't break away from this because it's all just here. And yeah. I agree. Anyways, I like the oh, story about how they hired the marching band so people would be distracted uh-huh. for a while. But yeah. he like walks like right next to him. I he know. Like, why would it. you do go around the back, sir? No, but I feel like he had to for the sake of the shot to be like, oh, there's a marching band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. That's fair. Also, um, oh, wow. another fun fact: they shot that scene at midnight so that there wasn't like a huge as much of a crowd in Times Square, and so that majority of the people on screen would be like extras that they meant to have there. But yeah, that yeah, means yeah, that yeah. some of the people in the background were actually there when they were shooting this, which is like, mm-hmm. imagine being oh there. Gosh. I when wish that would be Michael so great. Just running in his underwear in time. I would be laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, is this for a movie? Like, wh- like when they see him on top of the uh, yeah. building, it's like, is this for a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But uh, speaking yep. of another like good scene, it's that one where he jumps yeah. off the roof and flies mm-hmm. through. The flying doesn't look very well, very no. good. A couple no. of years later, but I, also, but I feel like appreciate it's the fine. effort. It's just fantasy, <laughs> so I feel like there's like a certain charm. Exactly. It. Yeah. yeah, it it can look like that. I think when he's landing, it looks good. <laughs> How did you guys know about like the the like um you know like the the fantasy like score that plays in the background, but then it like suddenly cuts off and stuff. Oh yeah, it, like instantly yeah. cuts off, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's not a highlight for me. But it's, it's like kind of random to me. Yeah. No, but I think maybe it, it, it shows like the the like switch back to reality. Like he he's back to the real world and the fantasy's over just just like that. Yeah. Such a great moment though when it's like you you just find out he just took a taxi and the guy just oh, Yeah. Like, I that's love that scene. That's probably <laughs> my favorite scene just for comedy wise. <laughs> I think anything with Ed Norton is great oh, comedy. Oh god, I think okay. <laughs> I just love Ed Norton, okay? It's it's, it's just great. I got I was about so to just lift off, list off Ed Norton scenes from the movie as like what are <laughs> some of your favorite? When no. it is tanning men, bro, I died when I first watched that. I love that. I love it. No, I like mean, the scene immediately after that when they're like fighting yeah, outside yeah. and they just like wrestle on the ground and then he like yeah. makes up the story about his dad. He's like, I got you, I got you, I got yeah. you. I love that part. And they mentioned Ryan Gosling for one second. I know, I remember that. I, was, I saw your review on Letterboxd. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I didn't like it, though. But yeah, any any of Ed Norton's yeah, scenes. Like but you know, Ed Norton's, like, he's great in it. I really do love it. I like, uh, I think my favorite scene is when they're, when he first shows up and they're doing the scene 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he does his face. Yeah. His like. Face, I think that face makes oh. that whole scene to me because I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah, it does. I'm like, I just I I'm an inside joke too. That's cool. <laughs> I do. I like that scene a lot. I think it's cool because, which I don't think it does. It's like one of the mo- the best scenes from it. But I like the way that <laughs> they work together in that one scene. It's very fun. I like that. Um, I guess another scene I really like is the final scene mm-hmm. with um when he shoots before he shoots himself like this is the whole lead up. Oh and yeah, because it has a great music cue. I freaking love music cues. When he opens the door, that's when the drum music starts again because it, it it's been a while since the like drum yeah. score played. So when he finally opens the door and you hear like the bum, the and I'm like, yes, that's so good. That that cinema right there. Like I love that scene. So I love much. that. That might that might be my YouTube scene that I yeah. would search up just to watch. That's a good one. I like yeah. that one too. And um, I like how you pointed out that it, it's been a while since we heard the drums the drum score too, because I was remembering when we were watching it, um, and Antonio Sanchez was playing it too. He disappeared for like a big chunk of the movie, and I was like trying to remember which chunk of the movie it was, and then I realized I hadn't heard it for a while, and I was like, interesting. Like that kind of brings in another like thought of what. Um, the drum score actually means to the whole movie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really like it adds tension to it the does. scene. It does. Cool. Um, so wait, so what would your guys' like YouTube? So you would go with like Ed Norton's first intro scene? I would. I, so. I feel like um I just <laughs> I don't even think it's like one of the best scenes at all in the movie. I think it's one of the best like acted scenes. I think they do really good. Like their instant like chemistry between them in that scene is just so good. And honestly, also I love um, I love the scene on the roof with Emma Stone and Ed Norton. Also, I think it's mm-hmm. really cool when they're like playing the Truth or Dare and stuff. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there's two roof scenes. So the, yeah, I, I think the Truth or Dare scene is the first. The first yeah, one. The first one. Yeah. This one's good too, but <laughs> but when I think about it, I'm thinking about that first one. And I mean, I just like that scene because it makes his character it. Develop, it, 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 yeah, it makes him more human. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It makes him human, and up until that point, you see him just as a pretentious actor. And at least at that point, I mean, he's still a pretentious actor, but but you know he has problems. Yeah, you understand. You realize his pretentious acting, like on stage, is like a result of problems, like in the real world, like where he yeah. can't be that person everywhere. Yeah, that's what's and, just a fascinating character. Really, cool yeah, nice. I agree. I love that. I think I really liked that story a lot more this time around. Because, I mean, obviously, like when I've only seen it twice now, uh, but the first time around, you're obviously just paying attention pretty much to Michael Keaton's storyline. Like, that's the most important. That's what you're focusing on. But this time around, I tried to spend a lot more time on the other characters in it and Ed Norton because yeah <laughs> yeah I definitely found myself really liking Ed Norton a lot more this time around too because the last two times that I watched it I kind of saw him more as like a bird and I was like ah go away but this time I was like wow <laughs> I love him he's great yeah and I <laughs> think about- my two oh, scenes God. sorry I-, I think my two scenes would be um yeah like the first one when um uh, he's coordinating with Michael Keaton to do like better with the the script and then also um like the scene right after his his um his uh tanning bed thing too and uh Michael Keaton pretends to act and like cry and stuff oh so good I think both of those scenes just like show so much of like 
connection between um, Michael Michael Keaton and Ed Norton themselves too as actors because they're just so in sync with everything too and it just feels like it almost feels like music when they're acting together in both of those scenes to me like it feels so well balanced off of each other mm -hmm. the chemistry yeah. between yeah I love like well, I the how well they have great chemistry in this movie I know oh, I was I gonna say really great scenes is between uh uh Regan's character and his uh ex-girlfriend his ex-wife, oh, ex I'm. Is it wife? Yeah, I didn't know if it was wife, but mm -hmm. um, like any, especially like the last scene between them, not at the hospital, but when they're having like their conversation, and he's like, "I wish I had, like during when he's talking about like filming the birth and stuff, and wishing yeah. I had been there." I love that scene because it's so like I feel like that's the peak of the performance mm -hmm. uh, from Michael Keaton in that film. Like once that scene's on, I'm like, oh. <laughs> is it the one where he tells the story about the jellyfish? Yeah, I think so. Also, I've been on a beach with jellyfish. It does look like that. <laughs> Yo, does the sixteen the sixteen cut count? Does it count those scenes at the end where they just like keep cutting to different? Oh, I don't um, know actually. Because there's like seven cuts there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Whoa, I uh, know. Oh, I don't think that counts. Then. What's the interpretation of the jellyfish scene? Because I feel like there's so because like when they show the beach with the jellyfish on it, it yeah. seems like a, such a, like a profound shot to me. It's like wow, there's so much know. meaning here that I just don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, let's try and break it down. I don't it's, know. <laughs> it's kind of like a suicide. That is another attempted suicide by oh, him. Oh yeah, I think so. I guess so. It's kind of okay. Let's see. He goes in the water. <laughs> well, apparently it's impossible to drown yourself, but I feel it like is. it is impossible to. Drown. I feel like you could pull that off in the ocean, though, if you like swim deep enough. So when your body I finally tries to fight it, you can't make it to the. Yeah, yeah I think off. that's possible. But like, you can't physically hold yourself. I think you yeah, also you physically can't. can't you, you can't, can't drown yourself in like a stab yourself, and you can't stab yourself too. You can't stab yourself. No, apparently, no apparently, it's like really difficult right now. too. It's like really difficult too. You can stab okay. people. Like, <laughs> if you play the hand, you know the hand game. The uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If they play an Alien One where they like do with the knife. Yeah. Okay. No, like so you can't stab yourself in the chest or something. Oh, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's really difficult, or like your body won't let you. The jellyfish represent his primitive will to live. <laughs> um. Interesting. Wait, yeah. I just had a thought about stabbing yourself in the chest. That's like that's. Japanese, what is it? I always say like Sudoku to make fun of it. It's seppuku. The, that's, you, you know, when Japanese ritualistic suicide where you stab yourself in the chest. Oh. I was thinking yeah. of like that, that like samurai thing where you like stick it in your belly. Yeah, that's and literally what it is. Oh. Seppuku. Oh, no. I call it Sudoku, like the numbers game to make fun <laughs> of it. Oh my God. I just found a really cool. Uh, interpretation for the whole movie people someone thinks that the the jellyfish shot at the very beginning of the movie is actually uh when riggan dies in the story so they think that the whole movie in one continuous <laughs> shot, just made a face by the way i know, I know but <laughs> that whole movie in one continuous shot is when he's dying in malibu and like he's Dreaming of that life, which I think is that's great. I think so too, but that's an insane like that's a whole story. And it's one of those like it's all a dream, yeah, yeah. And also, it's saying like that's it relates to the idea that every single 
attempt at suicide in the movie doesn't work. But then, like, the one that oh, he's whoa. Is working. <laughs> like, I don't know, interesting. Yeah, how every suicide attempt doesn't work. That That's way. really wow. interesting. To the person on Reddit who came up with that, Good for yeah, you. but it's still one of those standard everything's a dream theories. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Applied to almost that Joker. That Joker. I don't know. That's cool. I like that, and that would make sense because with the jellyfish, a part of me just never really—I don't understand that much. I mean, it's the thing that keeps him from. I just thought it was a cool shot, so I'm like. I thought it was too. I like the shot. Very What about like the the? I don't know what it is. It's like a rocket or like a meteor or something. Like a meteor. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I feel like it's, it's a shooting like star, and he's like star, making yeah. a wish. Oh. No, maybe the whole thing is like his dream, and that's why it's his wish to be. Yeah. A- ah. See, this movie's fun. It's like I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to juxtapose a bunch of random stuff at the ending, a bunch of random stuff. Like, what does what does movie. what does uh, Bumblebee fighting Iron Man mean? Is, it, is this a Transformers Avengers like crossover they're hinting at? I want to know what that means. I Spider Man literally- at the marching band, and in Spider Man Homecoming, he says he skips marching band practice. <laughs> what? what? Oh, what does this mean? <laughs> oh my God. People, I saw, <laughs> I saw someone say, "Oh, obviously, when he jumps out of the window, he's jumping into the Marvel universe." As, <laughs> as, <laughs> and I was like, "Duh, that's exactly what that symbolizes." <laughs> I mean, Michael Keaton's three winged characters: Birdman, Vulture, and Batman. Exactly, <laughs> destined to be a bird. Who would win in a fight? Between those three, um, I say Birdman if that giant bird is um, part of his team, or yeah. if that's no, like a villain. Right? It was they who he was fighting the bird. Thing. The giant robotic bird. You think he was fighting it? I think. I think. Was. Yeah, I think you're right because it was like terrorizing the town and like how yeah. Was shooting at also, it. I feel like I don't think Batman would win. No, whenever I see that suit, I'm like, he has no mobility. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, exactly. but it's all his issues. <laughs> I can't move. It's all in his uh, plane, his Batwing, and his Batmobile. That's all his. Yeah, I think life. Vulture would win. <laughs> he just seems the most agile. <laughs> yeah, he's the most agile. He doesn't have many problems. Well, we like, don't know Birdman's power specifically, so Birdman can fly. He can yeah. fly. He has like telepathic. Okay. Oh, oh, it's over then. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he's like lifting objects. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, so maybe that Birdman. I think if you have telepathy, you can do anything. Kind maybe of. that's how he flies. He lifts himself. Ah. Why but would you be Birdman, though, if you had mind powers? Like, I'm going to be a bird. You don't know birds do that. You just don't see it, JJ. That's funny. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that. I just thought of a segment we could have for a show, and it could be called the Rick Dalton segment, where we point out when the movie like says the title of the movie. Oh, God. And for uh, me, that was when they held up the newspaper and it said the unexpected well, yeah. ignorance. I literally <laughs> yeah. was like... I know. The... <laughs> I love it. I, I I'm love on. That. I'm on. That's my favorite thing right now. I love that. <laughs> was that. Was that not cheesy? Was that cheesy to you guys? I just felt oh. like, oh, like there it is, <laughs> there it is. Unexpected. In a way, I think it it's because if in my interpretation, that's like when he's like dead, like and he's dreaming of this. So I'm like, oh, that's such a thing that would happen in a dream. Like you would so be like, oh, 
the title. <laughs> you know how people were like out like in crowds and things with like candles and stuff for him too? Yeah, the vigils. Yeah, yeah maybe that was just him being dead, but like yeah. <sighs> Instead of people Whoa. actually praying for him. It's like they're sending their uh you know, respects because he's died. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I say that thinking about the movie and talking about it is kind of more fun than watching it. <laughs> it's fun to watch it, but it's so, I love this, like the conversations that we've been having and like mm-hmm. the, just, there's so many ways you could view the story and it doesn't even have to be in like, cause it wasn't intended to be viewed in the, oh, look, it's an actor struggling. I mean, obviously that's on the surface, but deep down everyone can relate to the story. And I think it's fun. I love it. I love talking about it. <laughs> Me too. I like the movie more when I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't want to turn this negative, but like I've, I've m- thought I might as well just ask, but uh, just an, any like nitpicks or things we don't like about the movie? I have like one thing I don't like. <laughs> Which is what? Um... We notice we haven't mentioned Emma Stone. <laughs> no, okay. I love Emma Stone, but her best scene—I don't like that scene. Wait, her whole rant she's about yelling? Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As much as, as much as she's like a great actor, that scene felt so like preachy to me in terms of like the the film's message because it really didn't need that. I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's such a good like acted scene between mm-hmm. Michael Keaton and Emma Stone. It's like I'm okay with this being in the movie, yeah. but that was like my thing about the movie. I think it's a little on the nose at that point in terms I, of the themes of. I feel like, yeah. There's yeah, I don't like any of the yeah, I don't like any of the parts where she's like, Oh, I set up a Twitter page for you. I don't know. It just doesn't have a Facebook page. <laughs> I know it was I, like, oh, so you only boost relevance based off of that. Like I understood it, it just felt like a very random theme to be like, you need to keep up with the times, but that's not even his goal. No, it felt like boomer like uh, yeah. like, you know, like, like yeah. he doesn't have a Facebook, so he's not cool, but like no one has a Facebook now. And it's like twenty seventeen <laughs> or no, twenty why is twenty twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh, I was. I'm gonna talk about 2014 later. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that there's a lot of there's not a lot, but there are a few moments in it where I feel like it gets a little preachy mm-hmm. and it's yeah, a little exactly. too on the nose. And I think that's what I have the problems with when I'm watching it. Because like in those moments, I'm like, well, yeah, you don't really I feel like it's already it so out. dense in theme. Exactly, and then you kind of I it's just too much at points and. I, I I almost all of the negative reviews that I've seen for Birdman have said it's way too preachy, which yeah. I don't think it's like too preachy, but there are moments where I'm like, okay, just yeah. dial it back a little bit or make it a little bit more subtle. I don't know. It's, I also yeah. I, I don't like the scenes with like the the critic too at the bars. Like I just okay, I was about to mention that. Yeah, those aren't yeah, the best scenes. They're not the best, but I kind of like them. It's because Ratatouille's already had the perfect critic, <laughs> yeah, critic, yeah. critic arc. They already paved the way. With it's Joe. like over. You can't make yeah. any more commentary on criticism uh-huh. because yeah, Ratatouille knocked done. it out of the park. Yeah, Ratatouille won. So <laughs> everyone else, okay? If you're listening and you're writing a movie about a critic, give up. <laughs> no, it's kidding. But I okay. I think the one thing I did like about like her though was she was talking about like traditional um, performance versus like um, people who are trying to like be posers in the industry and stuff too. But I just feel like I don't know. I think that part also felt very on the nose, where it's like talking about people who are trying to do something in a field of expertise that there's like traditionalists and then there's like other people who aren't willing to go along with it too. So I felt like that kind of. 
it, yeah. it was also just very much on the nose, and I just didn't like her character. And I just, it, it well, was I don't think we're meant to like her character, though. No, yeah, Actually, I, I don't. I don't like her purpose in it either. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like she added stakes to the last uh, act because, like, if she doesn't like it, then the play won't be successful. Like, she's the ultimate decider of success for Riggin. Yeah, and I like how she like doesn't she like leaves. Yeah, after he shoots himself, that's a cool. I, I feel like um, <laughs> going back to the person who said that that the whole thing is him dying and drowning in Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> character as and also birdman as like his self-critic you know okay. but only i thought you were gonna call them jellyfish like they are metaphorical jellyfish They're jellyfish, jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well wait just real quick back to as much as i like michael keaton's performance i feel like it's during the scenes with the critic where it's like a little shaky for me when he's like labels you know all about these labels oh, oh and he like yeah. hits her in the head with the flower yeah 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 <laughs> Oh it, felt, I don't like it felt a little bit too much where it's like because the whole movie you can like put yourself in it but at that point it just felt so much like no this is just about an actor and a critic like you know and you can't I don't know because it's like so preachy about that but I don't know <laughs> I guess we'll we'll end uh talking about Birdman on a more positive note so let's just talk about <laughs> Yeah, because we just like those are negative. Let's talk about our favorite performance. So I just Mike mentioned Michael Keaton, but as great as he is, he's not my favorite performance. No. He... Ed, well, Norton. Li- Ed, Ed Norton. Is it? Is Ed it Norton. Ed Norton? Are we gonna go I with think Ed, it's Norton? Ed Norton? Yeah. Should I just Ed mention Norton. like the other supporting? Well, what? Yeah. Did we like Naomi Watts' his yeah. character? Oh, yes. Yes. I like her. Yes. Her arc is more like she's also like Riggin in a way, but more like mm-hmm. subdued. She's also trying to like make it onto um Broadway. More, I think in a more uh healthy way <laughs> but also yeah in a more healthy way yeah i feel like her trying to make it in broadway is the realistic what would be you know yeah it would uh, i f- <laughs> yeah because it seems like healthy you know a little bit obsessed with trying to get there but i, I think mean, it's she- funny i think it's funny because she like comes to riggin talking about like how she's finally in Broadway, but she's not even like happy about it. And then he finds it so easy to consult her and be like, you made it, you know? Like he finds it so easy to do that, but he can't do that with himself, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know yeah. what the response. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I guess. True, true. I feel like that's just, that speaks more to his problems. Cause like yeah. people can like, make like have their like console their friends but still be like sad with themselves what about um i don't know how to pronounce andrea risenborough as the other girl in the play yes wow that's rude to her you just called her she's she's she's, she has like a irish accent or something or scottish yeah i've actually first saw her in the black mirror episode oh oh i thought you meant in the movie no no i was the real world Oh, I was so confused. I was like, did I watch the movie wrong? Because <laughs> she didn't. But okay, that makes sense. I actually she first was... saw her with her accent in the Black Mirror episode. So I was like really tripped out when I saw her speak. Yeah, wait, wait, which Black Mirror episode? Um, It was the, oh, it was Crocodiles. Oh, that's her. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I know, right? like Ellen. <laughs> Yeah, but she looks like Ellen. Oh my gosh, that's great! <laughs> oh, you need to watch Crocodile. That's a. It's that's a I'll pick you up. 
<laughs> my god that's one of the oh man i don't even want to say what one of the, <laughs> yeah I, I like it people don't like it because of how like you know but yeah, yeah i like it. oh oh dear i, I hated it when it. i first oh. saw it it was the first black mirror episode i saw too and i was like what is this oh that is not a good first black i know what's a good first black mirror episode the first black mirror episode like literally yeah, a good argument <laughs> 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 or nosedive, the one with Bryce Dallas Howard. That's also a good. I have not seen nosedive. Interesting. Season three, Black Mirror, best season. Yeah, and anyway, um, Ed Norton. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, we've decided it's Ed Norton, but let's go yeah. through other. I, I also love Emma Stone's performance. I do. Her I dialogue do. isn't the best. In terms it, of like, it's a little. I think it's not her fault. I think it's it's the fact that like I don't know. I feel like they could have either like made up a social media so that when later on you're watching it it doesn't feel so dated and preachy yeah that's like, true. If it was something else that's not would... such a smart solution make up your own yeah <laughs> movies do it all the time and it like it works it makes sense because you're like, like oh you can understand victorious masterpiece victorious wonderful yeah <laughs> Yeah. Okay, since you guys are going with Ed Norton, I'm just going to give a shout out to, I'll just say this is my favorite one then, Zach Galifianakis, okay? We're talking <laughs> about, we were talking about actors breaking from the role. This is his most serious role, I think, That's and he true. was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. You're right, you're right. He has so many great scenes, and I feel like he's forgotten about because he kind of like takes a backseat for the second half of the film. He is, you're right. He is so good. But he at... has so many great scenes. The way he like, uh, when he tries to like console Riggin, and he's like, yeah. you know, Mar Martin, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> he doesn't say Scorsese correctly. He's like, Martin Scorsese. He's like yeah. trying to cast for his new movie. Oh, and you can tell like this whole play is like, like stressing him out so much. He's like oh, just God. stressed. As... Bless his soul. He deserves it. Like his character deserves like <laughs> so much. Yeah, that there's this one part where he delivers his lines so like quickly. I don't know what he's saying. He's like, "We don't have enough money to do this. We don't have to do this." And da, 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 da. and oh, I was yeah. like, "Wow, how did you say all of that so fast?" I was like, it, "That's but that's what stressed out producer would be like." Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, you just gotta give it to him. He, he was trying so hard to glue everything together. And it's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like as an AD, I feel that way sometimes too. I feel like <laughs> I see that in ADs a lot too. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. Well, I feel like yeah, any kind of like producer AD type rule I mean, where you have to manage a production or show yeah. of some kind. Or like manager in even like any job probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't done that, but mm -hmm. I've been his character kind of gets his happy ending when he like um but then that's if you interpret that just up but he's like he finally got his successful like client or his friend is now like yeah. successful he gets to yell at paparazzi to <laughs> what are you guys doing this is uh... i know it seemed like he loved doing that at that part yeah like he was just so ready for it but I like the part before that too. Is like you're gonna get, you're gonna say it was an accident that you brought your gun out there. <laughs> oh but yeah, God. I just wanted to mention it because we we hadn't mentioned his character at all. Yeah, like, you're right. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to give some love to yeah. uh, Galifianakis. He deserves it. Galifianakis, he's a homie. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so that's it for Birdman. I still have yeah. something else I want to talk about, but okay, do you guys have anything water. else you wanted to? No, do you have anything else you want to say about? No, Birdman. Really? No, we're good. We're chilling. Yeah. I think we're good.
All right, so Birdman came out in 2014. Yes. Oh. And I always talk about 2014 as the legendary greatest <laughs> year in film. <laughs> All right. But I want to talk about, yeah, 2014 in film and the subsequent 2015 Oscar ceremony, which is also a great ceremony hosted mm -hmm. by Neil Patrick Harris. And it has yeah. the cool graphics that they play for each nomination. Oh my God. Uh, I have a video of some. I'm, I'll send it to you guys later. It's so cool what they did. I remember it. Wow. That's and so the cool. entire show is on YouTube, actually. So if you yeah, guys want to watch it. So yeah, so for this part in the pod, or the cast, Ooh. I don't know what to call this, <laughs> but I, I thought we'd just go through some of the major awards from the 2015 Oscars. Oh my god! see if they've aged well. I'm so, so excited. So that's why, like, that's why if you guys had the uh, chat open, we could like go Oh, this is so fun. Okay, I'm so I thought this one would be like an easy agreement between all of us, but considering how much we love Ed Norton, I'm wondering I if we agree with the Academy's choice for Best Supporting Actor is in 2015 or 2014. The winner was J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. Oh, I agree. Oh, okay. Do yeah. we agree with that? I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I, yeah. We were all just talking about how much you loved Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah. For, okay, but if you're I competing with like Terrence Fletcher, I think Terrence Fletcher's gonna win. Yeah. I want to see Ed Norton in like a Terrence Fletcher production. <laughs> Ed Norton's character, Mike. And Ed Norton doesn't really do movies anymore, but that's okay. Ed is he in Wes Anderson's new movie? Is he? Wait, is, is he? French Dispatch? Is he? Oh! Because <laughs> he was in, uh, he was in Isle of Dogs, and he was yeah, in... he was. He's, he hasn't done, he's doing, like, producing now. He's not really doing that. Oh, I see. But, like... He was in Sausage Party. He was, I did know. Slowly. <laughs> and he, he, no, he names drops, he name drops himself at the end of the movie. He's like, Edward uh -huh. Norton. <laughs> when, uh -huh. like... I haven't seen it. Spoilers for Sausage Party, but who cares? Yeah. It's like at the end of the movie, they find out they're animated. Oh, and like, these are the people voicing you. And he's like, Ed. He's in what? Oh, he sorry. Is in French what? Dispatch. Sorry. Like, oh, okay, cool. He is? Mm hmm. Or that's what Google says. So Ethan Hawke in Boyhood was also. Yeah, I was about to say, yes, Ethan Hawke in Boyhood was nominated. But yeah. I feel like he's doing his Ethan Hawke dad routine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think he's great as, as oh, yeah. a dad. That's why everyone wants him to be. J.K. Simmons just stands out so much. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, so, like, especially like in terms of like aged well, that's aged yeah. beautifully. It's... Definitely. Um, so yeah, so let's go to Best Supporting Actress. Um, let me put the nominees up. So yeah, we had Pat Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, Laura Dern in Wild, Kira Knightley in The Imitation Game, Emma Stone in Birdman, and Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. Wow, that came out that year. Interesting. Yeah. So That's there's Meryl Streep with her obligatory uh, yeah. nomination. <laughs> um, but the, the winner, what, oh, do you guys want to guess the winner or do you know who won? Was it, it wasn't Kira Knightley, was it? Was it Kira Knightley? It was not Kira Knightley. Okay. Uh, Laura Dern. No, it's not Laura Dern. Laura Dern's first Oscar was this year. For oh, you're right. Patricia Arquette. Yeah, it was Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I remember that. I wanted to win. <laughs> I think that was Boyhood's only Oscar. I, I was... agree with that. I think it was as well. Um, yeah, she is definitely one of the strongest parts of that movie. Mm -hmm. um, based off this list, I think I would give it to her. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. I have... The only one I haven't seen here is Wild. I haven't seen Wild. I, 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 I love Laura Dern, so. Yeah, I love Laura Dern, too. <laughs> I'm happy she finally won this year. Me too. I know. Yeah. These, I'd give it to Patricia Arquette. 
Yeah, I would also give it to Patricia Arquette. Interesting. I love this. This is so exciting. It's like I'm watching the office. One of the funniest yeah. things, though, is um, Emma Stone. Okay, wait. So the Lego movie was nominated that year, not for animated feature. Oh. But for best song for everything is awesome. Oh. <laughs> they, were they were hella snubbed for best animated feature. I'm just going to say that right here. That is true. That is the one good. instead. Uh, Big Hero 6. Uh, I mean, it's good, but like. It's well, fine. Big Hero 6 is fine, but. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fun. I got to meet the director through Big Hero 6 because I went did? to like That's an so academy, whatever. I had them sign like a little thing, and then while they were signing it, I asked them if a sequel would be called Big Hero sixty two, and he laughed, and that's one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, wow. yeah. But um, okay. back to the supporting actress thing. So Emma Stone, while they were showing like the pictures of each of the actresses, you know, when they say their name, she was holding like a Lego Oscar from the performance of Everything Is Awesome, and she was like <laughs> clutching it, and she hadn't won her Oscar yet, and she was like holding the Lego Oscar from. Wow, I don't remember that. That's amazing. And that was such a precious moment for Emma That's Stone. So cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, if you guys rewatch the ceremony, it's mm. like really funny. That's so fun. I love that. This is so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, next category, cinematography. I guess you guys can guess who won this one. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to see But here are the nominees. It's Birdman, oh. The Grand Budapest Hotel, Ida or Ida, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, Mr. Yeah. Turner, and Unbroken, which is a Deacon shot film, Unbroken. Yeah. Um I I'm, haven't seen Ida, but it's yeah, a Pavel right. Pavkoski or whatever. Mm -hmm. He does his black and white like three oh, by four academy ratio God. and it looks beautiful so but i can awesome. see why birdman would win i would give it to yeah. grand budapest i think that give it to for cinematography yes actually hmm. <laughs> dramatic I, that was a pretty dramatic pause. i think i'd be split but at the time i think i would have given it to birdman i agree i think now i would give it to grand budapest but I like the cinematography in Birdman, obviously. I feel like uh, it's kind of a, oh, yeah, type of win. You know what I mean? Where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, of course mm -hmm. it won because it stood out from everything else. Yeah. Which is not to say that that's, like, a bad thing because it's a good thing. In my yeah, opinion. no, but here's the interesting thing about Birdman, though. It's like the impressive cinematography comes from the whole one-shot aspect. Yeah. But in terms of it, in terms of what film looks the best, I would argue that most of these films look, look better than Birdman, oh, yeah. if that makes any sense. I exactly. Agree. That's what makes me want to say Grand Budapest. I also like uh, Wes Anderson's, like, the way, like, the camera mm -hmm. moves. I love that. So, I don't know. I feel like that's just a I personal think, like, bias. Wes Anderson, the way that he moves the camera is just so funny to me. Like, it adds such a, like, comedic element to me that I'm just so amused in everything that he films. I know. That's my one friend, uh, she's not really into films, but she watched the Grand Budapest, and that was one of the main things she talked about afterwards was just mm -hmm. the way that the camera moved. And not just how it moved, but the way that it stayed. Like, in certain shots, it was blocking off characters, and characters would walk into frame. And she was... She did, she could not believe that, because that's not a real normal thing to just <laughs> have a character just appear and then disappear. <laughs> it's like, you normally follow, but... Yeah, exactly. So that's to that. I don't know. I feel like I would give it to Wes. Um, Wes, but you know, <laughs> I, I, it's tough. Yeah, but I think I just give it to Birdman yeah. just based off the technical. But I will say a snub from a nominee is Interstellar. Interstellar is a 2014. Oh, 
and was not nominated. Damn. But then again, it's like, it is visual effects. Yeah. But at the same time, Life of Pi won. I know. I was in the cinematography. We, I think it's, I don't think. Yeah, uh, Life of Pi won the cinematography. Are you serious? What year? (laughs) I don't know what year, but yeah. It's one of (laughs) Yeah, so. But I think Interstellar is good enough to get nominated because I think the cinematography is probably the best part of that movie. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't really like the story that much. <laughs> but that's, a, that's, a, that's a discussion for another. <laughs> okay. Let's um, move on. Best director. Ooh. Uh, we could we probably know who won that. But here are the nominees. It's Alejandro G. and Yuritu for Birdman. Linklater for Boyhood. Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes Anderson for Grand Budapest Hotel and Morton Tildum for the Imitation Game. I have not heard of this man, <laughs> even though I've seen the Imitation I like Game. His last name, though. It's very interesting. <laughs> um, you guys can probably guess who won. So here, this man. is your chance. Yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, I I feel. Would, like... you, would you give it to Wes here for best yeah. director? I think. My heart wants to say West, but I think that I don't. I feel like Birdman was better directed. I don't know. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like, like you could tell there's so much like effort that got put. Mm-hmm. I feel like it it deserves it more than Wes Anderson's. I think so too. I think it like because of how much planning it needed to be done too, and just the ways that the whole story needs to be envisioned. I think in that mm-hmm. way. He definitely deserves best director. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if I'll, you're going by personal bias, Wes Anderson. <laughs> but yeah, I was actually yeah. I, I was gonna say if you, it, it depends on how you define directing. Yeah. Like, if I it's based that. off like vision, I actually mm-hmm. would give it to Wes Anderson. I agree. I think I that's agree. his peak vision. Like that's yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's peak Wes Anderson. He's not going to get more Wes Anderson oh, than no. the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> that is him. That is just. That but is if you went off like performances and like um coordination and all that mm-hmm. like the technical aspects of directing i'd give it to Inuritu as well yeah. considering yeah. how but yeah. um i could talk about some snubs uh nolan oh, yeah. should he have been nominated for interstellar i don't know, no, I don't know. <laughs> maybe over maybe over the imitation game i wouldn't call that a strongly directed film oh, i Actually, I have to rewatch that to decide cuz I, I really like the imitation I, game i did too i like it too but did it I like the score for it a lot too. Oh yeah, very good score. Mm-hmm. Was that nominated for score? Uh, I don't know. I I was I was debating if I should include score with one of these. We can do score. Uh, we'll just get through all of these first. <laughs> okay. But I haven't seen Foxcatcher. I have not either. Uh, so I don't know if that. But it's like it's not. not people don't really remember Foxcatcher. <laughs> yeah. I only know it as the movie where Steve Carell has all the makeup on and he's creepy in it. Oh yeah, that was that movie. Yeah, see, considering people will remember it, I think I would put no, maybe Nolan there. Yeah, I he, feel that. That's here's good. another snub, which I thought was appropriate because of Emma. Uh, you recently watched this. Fincher was snubbed for Gone Girl. He was not nominated. Do you think he should have oh, gotten? I like Gone Girl. I watched it recently for the first time. It was very good. I think mm. it was well directed. I liked it a lot. I feel like that would have been a good. He should have been nominated for Gone Girl. I think. I agree in any category, like Gone, like I don't. I feel Gone like Gone Girl was snubbed for a lot of categories. It was I don't know, and 
it's like oh <laughs> I, feel I feel like i heard so much about it that year and then nothing came yeah. up like in the oscars i was like okay what? It gave an excuse to host. It gave oh, him an yeah, excuse to host because he was in a movie that year. So he's like, <laughs> I can host. I love Neil Patrick Harris. I was yep. <laughs> but you know, Gone um, Girl was really good. I would have definitely. I oh, I'm shocked that. Oh wait, did she get nominated for actress? She did. She did. That's the next category. Okay, good. Rosamund I was Pike. gonna be sad. Yeah, I was like, if she didn't, I'm offended on behalf <laughs> of all ever like <laughs> she was so good so good oh my god i'll just i'll mention one more snub damon chazelle for whiplash should he oh, have been nominated for director no, and if he was no nominated time. and if he was nominated for director would you give it to him over no. in your retweet uh, over anderson uh no i would uh, not no, <laughs> i would no, not I for so. but i wish he was nominated i did I would... him screenplay which he was nominated for but he did mm-hmm. not win screenplay mm-hmm. Did Birdman win that one? Game. Oh, well. yeah, Birdman won original. Okay, Whiplash. Okay, it was nominated for adapted screenplay yeah. because the short film yeah, came short out film. first. But mm-hmm. the short film was based on the full length script that he already had, so I think it should yeah. all be the original. So he adapted yeah. it from himself. No, did but Gone that's Girl it's technicality. Adapted? Gone Girl, mm-hmm. I think, was nominated for adapted, but it did not I'm win. So insulted. Who won adapted screenplay? Imitation Game, I think. No. It shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I don't want to say. Okay, I don't want to bring up this. <laughs> Why it won, like politics and whatnot. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what were you gonna say though? No, that I think that's why Imitation Games. I agree. Won. I feel, but then I, I, also, I, I love it. Imitation Game. I just want to say I that know, I actually I really like the movie. I really. But I feel like I feel like the Oscars go through this like every once in a while. There's a year where like. I've, you could give uh, it to anybody, and this is yeah. one of those years. Mm. I know. And then also, there's those years where you're just like, what? Wait, that one? No one here deserves to be here. Yeah. yeah. And then, then there's those years where like something wins, and you're like, whoa, they picked that? That's very progressive of them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's some movies where I'm like, that's interesting that they chose that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times they have a difficult time choosing, so then they're like, let's just choose the one that makes us seem the most woke or the most, like... yeah. Updated I on agree. like what's happening mm-hmm. in the world. But even like, then, when you look back on it, it's the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you can just kind of tell that they chose it because they're like, ah, we need to seem like we're not a bunch of old white men. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, speaking of not men, let's go to best actress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here are your nominees. I put them in the chat. We got okay. Julianne Moore. And still Alice, Marion Cotillard for Two Days, One Night, Felicity mm-hmm. Jones in The Theory of Everything, yeah. Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl, and Reese Witherspoon for Wild. Do you guys have a guess on who won? Rosamund Pike didn't win. No, I'm like, do you want to oh, guess? I that think she... it was Julianne Moore. I feel like I remember her. Yeah, I, I feel like still Alice being like it was Julianne Moore. Okay, yeah. I remember no. still Alice being like a huge <laughs> deal at this. Okay, I. I think it should have gone to Rosamund Pike, but I, I will say her. I have seen Still Alice, and that is a great mm. performance from Julian okay. Moore. It's a really sad performance. It's oh. like because it, it's about a person with uh, early onset Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. so she's like forgetting mm-hmm. things, and it's like really dramatic how she's just like freaking out because she can't remember mm-hmm. stuff. But oh. based off performance and like just looking back on it, Rosamund. Yeah, yeah, she's so good in Gone Girl. Oh my god, I was so blown away. I mean, I I've heard good things. 
and I pretty much knew the plot of the movie before I started watching it. But mm-hmm. just like there was something about her that I just couldn't look away because I was so like captivated by her performance. So good. She it's, good it's like like a sociopath. It's crazy how yeah good she is. Um, Parvati, do you want to say anything <laughs> about? Felicity Jones' performance in The Theory of Everything. Oh, I just I just really like The Theory of Everything, so obviously I'm going to favor Felicity Jones. But she was fine in it. Like, I don't I don't think it was amazing or anything. I've mm. seen that movie, and I don't remember her performance, so I, <laughs> I think that says a lot. I'm sorry to her, but I... I <laughs> I've only seen it once, but I remember her in it. <laughs> I remember her. Yeah, she was yeah, in the movie. No, but she was, was good. Was, I liked her. Yeah, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't think it was worthy of winning. I just liked the movie a lot. Was there any snubs? Let's think. <laughs> that year? Yeah. Um I don't know. I didn't Oh, ooh, I have one. Um mm-hmm. What's her name? Oh, okay. Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina. Oh. I would have been a good I was going to see it yesterday, but I didn't. I, I think that snub. That That is a snub. Right, I would have taken out. Let me see. Let me look at the, the people. Is she the, the um, main character? She is not, but like the way Best Actress works, she'd probably oh, yeah. be nominated for Best Actress over support. Mm-hmm. I would have taken probably Felicity Jones out. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I have not seen Marion. I have not heard or seen enough of Marion Cotillard's performance. I haven't seen Wild, but I know Reese Witherspoon's good in it. I've also heard that she's really good in it. And I love Reese Witherspoon, so she can stay. <laughs> um, she's part of the reason why Gone Girl became a movie, so I love her. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah, I'm just looking at 2014 movies, I think. Okay, so pretty fair. Okay, good. Good job. Yeah, in terms good of... Good. It probably... Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's move on to Best Actor. Ooh. Um, this is going to be... I think Parvati knows who won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I like that we're doing this. It just feels like we're watching the... Oh, Oscar I know who won Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah. American Sniper? No. What? He didn't win? <laughs> what? He didn't win? No. Right? Wait, Parvati's I'm... so offended. Parvati's so offended. <laughs> who won? <laughs> Eddie, Parvati, Eddie, Redmayne won? Won? Eddie Redmayne won? Yeah. Eddie Redmayne won for the theory of everything. Oh my gosh, I, I don't have Emma's reaction. What's Emma? <laughs> she, had, she had the most blank face. She had the most like like straight face. Like, mm, interesting, interesting. Let me let me read let me read out the nominees. Let me read out the So we had Eddie Redmayne for the theory of everything, Steve Carell and all his makeup in Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper as Chris Kyle in American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch in the imitation game, and of course Michael Keaton in Birdman, who we've been talking about throughout the podcast. Um, so yeah, looking back on it, no. Who would you? <laughs> Par- like, okay, Parvathy. Okay, we should start with Parvathy. Par- yeah, we should start with. Okay, go ahead though. Yeah. Why you, is he okay. gonna get all of my points? No, 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 no. But yeah, sure. Do you want us to go first? <laughs> no, it's fine. I feel um, like. Oh. Do you want? Do you want us to go first, and then you can repeat our points? I have what I have to say. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. Whatever. I don't. Okay. I, I feel like I don't mind Eddie Redmayne winning. I feel like his performance was great, right? <laughs> but looking back on these like performances, this is such a strong category. Mm-hmm. I actually, I honestly just might give this to Benedict Cumberbatch. I would have given it to the Imitation Game. Really? I, I, yeah, I, I would. Like, mm, yeah. 
as good I, as okay. as good as Keaton is, there are scenes yeah. where I didn't really like his performance that much. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. think okay. The I think Eddie Redmayne did a great job. I just and I don't think it's his fault that now I would not give it to him. I think the theory of everything is kind of a forgettable movie. Oof. But it's fine. <laughs> I mean it's like, fine. Not a lot of people would talk about it compared to like the other movies on this list like you wouldn't really talk about his performance versus like the others i i would give it to benedict as well i think it's just you wouldn't give it to keaton um because like okay here's the thing for keaton okay maybe i'll just give it to keaton now because we're both on (laughs) benedict government because the movie is perfectly made for keaton i feel like the Mm. Is that? But I don't know if that's a credit to the actor because, like, it's no, just, no, like no, the I role understand. is perfect for Keaton. Yeah. Like, no one else could have played that role except maybe like Robert Downey Jr. in Forty Years. Yeah, actually, <laughs> but, um, I was reading about it, and Michael Keaton says that of all of the characters he's played, he feels the furthest from um, his character in Birdman. Yeah, I heard that too. Well, just because he never like went through that Mm -hmm. Uh, he probably had that moment where he was like oh well i'm just recognized Mm -hmm. for batman but he didn't uh have that negative of emotions towards but he's also he also has other iconic roles like beetlejuice i feel like yeah Yeah. but yeah Um, parvathy would you give it to eddie redmayne i i still would just because of like the demands of the role itself too and yeah, just like how much how much work he put into being the character too and also um one thing was that uh as a lot of films do they don't uh, they didn't film it in like chronological order of his um like mm. development of the actual thing too so he basically had to like portray the different versions of his lack of um like movement and like lack of motion in his body like at different points when he was playing it too so it wasn't just like oh it's slowly developed and that's how they shot it as well too so i think i just think the overall like effort that went into all of it too was just i just incomparable with the rest of them to me which is why i think he still deserves it yeah and i know a lot of people i know a lot of people don't talk about it too but like i personally was so struck by this movie too so it kind of doesn't matter to me what other people think i just think that like it honestly like that was like good acting in itself. And I think that none of the other ones really compared as much. Yeah, fair. I'm not going to rebuke anything. But I will go over a bunch of snubs because there was a bunch of snubs this year. Hit me yeah. with them. <laughs> uh, let's start off with the relatively weak one <laughs> um, Eller Coltrane for Boyhood. Would you guys nominate boy? that performance? The I have main not boy seen in Boyhood. I haven't Would seen Boyhood. Not. So. But it's very interesting, like acting wise, because like Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette were nominated. Yeah, he he does the same thing, but he's the lead of the movie. He's a child too, for most of it. Yeah, I don't know. When I think of Boyhood, I don't think. Wow, that's funny. I don't think really about (laughs) his character. (laughs) I don't think of the main boy in Boyhood. I think (laughs) when I think about Boyhood, I think about uh, Ethan Hawke mainly. I think about Mm -hmm. his character acting in it so i i think that's i mean it, i don't think it was much of a snub for the film <laughs> okay let, all right i agree actually okay cool um let's go into more snubs have any of you seen mommy the xavier dolan film no okay that didn't get any nominations which kind of makes sense though because it's like a very indie film mm-hmm. um all right so we'll just skip over that uh david oyelowo from 
Selma was not nominated, and he played oh. MLK. Um, I feel like that, just based off the Academy, would give him a nomination. That's interesting. I would give him, I would put him there instead of Steve Carell. Because even though I I've know. seen clips of Steve Carell's performance, it's just no one remembers that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I feel like there there is a snub that fits the creepy, intimidating role much better that I'll get into later. Ooh, but yeah. In terms of uh, like historical performance, I think his performance in Selma is definitely at least worthy of a nomination, but I don't think it should have won. Oh, speaking of Selma, was this the was this the Oscars where everyone sang like Glory? Like, yeah. was that from Selma? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought that performance was so good. That was amazing. That's John Legend in Common, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else about? Have you guys seen Selma? No, I have not. I feel like I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen it in its. I've only seen it once. The movie, yeah, the movie itself is not the most memorable movie, but it's a good enough performance, I think. All right, more snubs. Um, (laughs) Brad Pitt and Fury. I just wanted to mention. (laughs) (laughs) He's good in Fury. I haven't seen Fury. I haven't seen Fury either. All right, I'll, I'll go to movies we've seen then. <laughs> okay, Matthew McConaughey for Interstellar. Nomination or nah? <laughs> for that one crying scene, sure. For the one crying scene. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give him a nomination, but That's people say he was snubbed. I don't know if I would give him the nomination, but I'd definitely give him the props. You know, like, pretty the good. The props? Like, when you pat him on the back? Yeah, yeah. good job, Matthew McConaughey. You get two thumbs up from me, my dude. <laughs> get a golden star participation (laughs) oh my god no um (laughs) yeah i feel like i wouldn't give him the nom (laughs) yeah all right next one there's a lot so we'll just blaze through them i know (laughs) one of them that you're gonna say yeah i feel like you do (laughs) you 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 won't expect me to say this one though keanu reeves is john wick yes (laughs) (laughs) give him the oscar I feel Keanu, like that's the fan choice. That's, that's like the, the fan choice. Yeah, that's not yeah. an that's not a very academy choice for acting. Um, John Wick. Not, even really. though he did like most of his stunts in that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. actually amazing John Wick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so good. I love him so much. His character <laughs> and him. I love Keanu. But obviously <laughs> that was that was a joke one for me. Here's a more no. serious one. Um, Ben Affleck in Gone Girl. Would you give him the nomination? Now? Now here's the thing. <laughs> oh, hmm. okay. I was thinking about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad for Ben Affleck, but also part of me doesn't. Um, <laughs> I definitely don't think he deserves a nomination for it because I feel like just Rosamund Pike just overshines him so much in that movie. Like, you mm-hmm. don't remember his character. And I think that's the point. You're not supposed to. <laughs> but um, I would not give him the nomination. He did a good job, though. So, I mean... I feel like he was perfect for that role. He was. He was perfect for that role, which is kind of funny. Like, <laughs> he's like this douchey, like, guy yeah, he's like, oblivious, but he's still, no. like... I feel like th- I saw this tweet, which is really funny. It was like Ben Affleck doesn't understand why he was casted in Gone Girl, <laughs> <Everyone else does. laughs> but everyone else does, and that's like that's super so funny. 
That's so true. That's it like just intro not knowing she was in Spider-Man or something. She was in Spider-Man? Oh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay, I can yeah, see why she would forget know. that though. I can see huh? why she would forget because it's like one yeah. scene and she might yeah. think that was an Iron Man movie or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Favreau was there too, so it's like <laughs> Iron Man sequel. <laughs> but I think that uh yeah, no, uh <laughs> he's just the perfect actor to play that role like you can't picture with anyone else wasn't it gonna be brad pitt playing oh yeah really? no, it was know. gonna be brad pitt and i think reese angelina jolie oh man no, reese <laughs> oh my god no that would have been it was brad jolina and gone girl that's that's the movie right there but i think that would have been so bad no he would he's the only actor who could have played that role i think i think he's perfectly casted but i don't think I would give him a nomination. Yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't give him the nomination either. <laughs> I have a question for both of you guys, though. Do you think Anna de Armas is going to gun girl Ben Affleck? <laughs> so many wait, wait, is that an inside thing? joke that I need to understand, or did you literally just make a oh, pun? That is, you don't, you haven't seen Gone Girl. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay, never mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've seen next, next up, next up, next up, next up, next up, <laughs> next up. Ray What's Fines, Ray Fines in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, ah. he deserves. Would you guys it. give him the nomination? I don't I think I would. Off. I don't think I would. I don't honestly. think I would either. But I really love his character, and I love I do love so his much. character so much. But acting oh, like yeah. I don't think it was outstanding. Get your hands off my lobby boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. But I just he's think so these good. other ones are stronger. Yeah, they are. I feel like that's but in terms of character, I, I yeah, you know, that's one of the best characters. It's always sure. easier to give, like, an acting nomination or an acting win to, like, a more emotional role. Mm -hmm. And his character is so not that. So it's hard to even, like, envision that. And I feel like that's the way with almost every year. Because you see, like, the really hard-to-play roles and you're like, well, of course they won. Like, look how challenging that was. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. no, but I think that's the thing about Wes Anderson movies too. It's like the acting isn't really the highlight of the movie. Yeah, it's, just, no. it's just all his friends, you know, like agreeing yeah. to do the part. Yeah. But the characters yeah. are so quirky and fun that like Ed Norton in Moonrise Kingdom is one of my favorite. So movies. good. But it's <laughs> like Norton. a like it's such a jolly performance. Like oh, Jiminy Cricket, he flew the coop. <laughs> into uh, an Ed Norton podcast. Welcome. <laughs> no. yeah, welcome to the Ed Norton Hour. Oh I'm your host. <laughs> okay two more snubs um miles teller in whiplash yeah i knew that was coming and i agree he should oh, have been nominated I, definitely he should have been nominated i think yeah. so i, I think, think he definitely should have been nominated at over probably like steve carell probably and we're oh, just attacking the weakest of the five and we haven't seen foxcatcher yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I would have given him a nomination for sure. I think yeah. his performance was really, really good. Gosh, I'm so conflicted. I love Whiplash so much, but I don't know if I'd give him the nod over these guys. I was surprised at how little Whiplash was actually nominated for things. Yeah, it's because Blumhouse isn't I, the I, most powerful. It, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. surprised. Yeah, I feel like it makes sense. Okay, this is this is my <laughs> last snub, and this is a snub. I thought. They should have won the damn award. They should have been given the best actor. And you guys aren't going to like it. <laughs> but maybe you will because, 
you know, whatever. Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. Oh, ah, that's difficult. It's, 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 you guys talk about his creepiness. This is it. This is his role. Yeah, this is the <laughs> Nightcrawler. <laughs> and I don't know do like why, and I feel bad. Do you not like his performance in Nightcrawler? You're going to hate me. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. <laughs> like, I can't I even know. see Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, I, I look at, like, the character's face, and I'm like, that doesn't look like Jake Gyllenhaal at all. You know, I, I'm taking away the fact that, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, like, it was good. But just, I don't know, there's, I just didn't really like Nightcrawler. I'm not, I'm not like, discussing the movie, though. I'm just, I'm just basically. I know, I don't know. I think I just like that performance is what defined Jake Gyllenhaal for me. So I look at Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm like, yeah, that's the Nightcrawler guy. I think that is a snub to me, to be honest. I don't, I, I don't love the movie, but I think it's just because it's so like it makes me feel so uncomfortable. But like, and it's because of him. It's because he's so icky yeah. in that movie. Yeah, exactly. I take a shower I, after I watch that movie. <laughs> okay, oh, I think God. he. But I'm looking at the other nominations, and I don't think I would take. I mean, I would take Steve Carell out. Steve but, Steve I would, out. <laughs> but I would put Teller uh, in there for Whiplash. So that's what I think. But at the same time, like if I don't know, I feel like it's. <laughs> no, yeah, I understand. No, but I just my favorite performance of that year was Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. It's oh. a good performance. I mean, J.K. Simmons, obviously, but in terms of lead performance, I'd yeah, say Jake I feel that. Okay. Oh, actually, here's one more snub for you, Emma. This oh, one's yes. just for you. Taika Waititi in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm in> <laughs> <laughs> he should have won everything at the Oscars. Everything. Is he the, well, do everything. you think he's the best performance in that movie? Yes. He, okay. Well, okay. Actually, that's hard. Yes, I think so, but that's biased because I love him. But I love the guy who plays Vladislav is so funny. Vladislav is so funny. Deacon yeah. is also hilarious. Um, Stu, what an icon! He's Stu? the best. Oh, it's character. the human, right? Is that the human? Stu is adorable. We love Stu. Uh, <laughs> but no, Viago is just—he's amazing. Taika, I love you. <laughs> I I, better than his Hitler performance, I will say. Much better than his Hitler performance. Yeah. Again, he was playing Hitler bad on purpose, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, that's kind of unfair to say. <laughs> All right, let's get into the last uh, award, which is obviously his best picture. We know who won. Yeah. Yes. But just based off yeah. all the movies that came out in 2014, would you guys still give best picture to Birdman? Wait, send the other nominees. Yeah. Who <laughs> oh, right. Uh, but there's a bunch of snubs too, guys. I know. Many. This year should just not have gotten an award because there were so many. Wow. It's, it's not really in order, but because it like. I would have given it to. I would have given it to Whiplash. Even, I like, think either personal bias and. Yeah, that's Grand Budapest too. Is right I there. think I would have given it to Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that it's. All around such a good film. I don't know. I feel like that makes sense. But I also would it it would be between Whiplash and Grand Budapest. Sorry, Birdman. I think so too. No, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because I like Birdman, but I think it just got it might have just gotten the best picture because of the way it was made. 
I agree. I well, also agree. it is about like, Hollywood and showbiz in a way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And Which we did just have an amazing conversation about it. Yeah, no, but, I like it, but yeah. but like for for entertainment wise too, I think it would definitely be between Grand Budapest and Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that you're thinking though. Like I was like, oh, how come Theory of Everything didn't win? But I also hadn't seen like most of the other things too. So. Um, Gone Girl not nominated for Best Picture? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, not nominated. <laughs> Ooh. No, that should have been nominated. Uh, Who would you have taken out? Selma. Selma? I it, but I would take it out. But they needed Selma as an obligatory. We should have gave the MLK nod to... That's why, uh, exactly. Okay. If we balanced everything out, I would take Selma out and I would add Gone Girl because I feel like Gone Girl was a really good film. But I'm kind of surprised it didn't win for adapted screenplay. I feel like it was so perfect. <laughs> but also then I get what you mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of these nominees and like the year, I would, I'm okay with them giving it to Birdman. Like yeah. even looking back I'm on okay it, I don't think it was a wrong choice. I think no, that it was, the, it was a good choice, Birdman. But mm-hmm. just in the history of film <laughs> and just mm-hmm. movies, I think Whiplash is just the choice for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Grand I remember Budapest that. I love too, but I think I would give it to Birdman over Budapest in terms of best picture material, if that yeah. makes sense. I remember yeah. uh, this was the year where everyone thought American Sniper was going to win everything. <laughs> oh, really? There's, yeah, there's always that one movie that everyone like thinks is going to sweep the floor. And everyone like, wasn't even nominated. For I know, best it wasn't. I know. And that's, I was so confused. <laughs> American Sniper is fine. I have it's fine. I have it's fine. It's fine. That's Some exactly. Some cool think sequences there, though. <laughs> we'll say so. American Sniper, one of the greatest trailers of all time. That the, is true. It's the, a good teaser trailer. trailer where he has to like shoot the kid or you, and you yeah, great oh. trailer. Such a great trailer. Yeah, for that trailer. Wow. <laughs> Clint Eastwood movies, they they know their trailers. They do. Oh, actually, the newest one, not so much. That was a really bad trailer. The Richard Jewell. Yeah, that was really bad. Richard there is a, there is a bomb in Centennial it Park. Actually, no, I like that trailer. No, it's bad. I hated that. You watched like a different trailer because there's like different trailers. Maybe yeah. we're talking about two different trailers. That's fair, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, right, other so- stuff. Oh, no, that's it. We were just going through all the movies in the best oh, actor yeah. category, so I feel like... Okay. That's true. Just look at the list of 2014 movies. What are your five films you're nominating for Best Picture that year? Oh, my gosh. Me? Just five. I'll go okay. first while you guys look at the list. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my five would be Whiplash, Birdman, Grand Budapest. Mm-hmm. Ooh, now it gets really tough. <laughs> so I know three, mine. Those three are, like, locked <laughs> in for me. Um, then I might actually... Okay, this is just based off personal preference now. I would go Ex Machina, Ooh. then Gone Girl for five. Yes. My five. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that's just me. If I was the Academy, I would not pick those five. Yeah, those five. I agree with that. I feel like, okay, I would choose Birdman, uh, Whiplash, Grand Budapest, Boyhood, and Gone Girl. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. I kind of want to put the imitation game on there, but also part of me doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a Benedict Cumberbatch movie more than it is. Yeah, it, I agree with that. It stands out more like that. Part, do you have like five? Um, I think it's, so it's Birdman, 
Whiplash because those are both of my top four. Mm. Um, oh, uh, Grand Budapest. Uh, everything. Probably Imitation Game. For a fifth one? Yeah. I think so. So I think the common ones between all of us are Birdman, Whiplash, and Grand Budapest. Yeah. They were the best. No, that year. Were... It's such a good year. There's so many movies yeah. we didn't even yeah. mention in I know. There was a lot of really good films that year. That was a really good year. I understand now. <laughs> when you're yeah. saying like, it's a golden year. I used to just be like, oh, it's easily the best of the decade, too, but... 2019 was really good as well. So those are the two years... In the past decade, yeah, yeah, that's fair. All righty, all right, cool. So that that <laughs> hey. will wrap up our Birdman episode. Um, I'll transition this to Parvathy because we have a special guest Parvathy, uh, for next week's episode. Parvathy, do you want to introduce who that will be and what sure. their film is? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna have our very first guest on this show. It's gonna be uh, Ronan Jensen, the amazing Ronan Jensen, <laughs> and yeah. And we had him choose the film for next week, which is going to be um, Dracula from 1992, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It has Nona Ryder and Gary Oldman and Keanu Gary Reeves. Gary Oldman's in it? Yes, <gasps> and Oldman. Anthony Hopkins. And it's going to be a wild ride, and I'm so excited. I love Gary yeah. Oldman. I have not Wright. seen Dracula. Have any of you guys seen that? I no, haven't I seen haven't. this. I've seen, okay. like, the original one. Nosferatu? No, well, that one, yeah. <laughs> and then I've seen the, like, universal uh, hollow, like, monster one, like, really long. Van Helsing? <laughs> With oh Hugh Jackman? With Twilight? <laughs> Twilight, yes. All vampire. What we do in the shadows. Well, that's obviously. my favorite vampire movie. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so that's our movie. I'm yeah. really excited. Really excited. I'm really excited. This is actually really cool. I'm very excited. We'll get to see what the dynamic is like with Ronan leading the conversation. Oh my too. gosh. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Good. I'm excited. Yes. All, All right. Let's say goodbye to our one and only recording man or yeah. robot himself. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye. Don't kill yourself. Bye. Okay, now that's pretty <laughs> messed up. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Now. Wake up in the hospital, and we re- he realized all he shot off was like his microphone. Oh, <laughs> okay. Bye, Craig. Bye. <laughs>